Well, good morning, Freezing City. Thank you for that warm, very warm welcome. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. My wife and I really appreciate the uh, hospitality that you've shown us while we've been here. Uh, for those of you who may not know me, again, my name is Michael Woods. I'm interning here, and I'm learning all the cool things you guys are doing so that when I get ready to plant, I'll know exactly what to do, okay? Um, we have been in a series uh, about the different postures of worship. And I believe in week one, we talked about how we should pour out our hearts to God. And uh, last week, we talked about that we should raise our hands in surrenderance to him, uh, showing that we are depending on Christ. I've been given the opportunity to talk about bowing your knees, bowing your knees. So when we talk about bowing your knees, we're talking about humbling ourselves before God, not depending on ourselves, not uh, relying on our own strength, letting go of our carnal-driven ego, which we all have. Um, and when I thought about this message, and I talk, thought about pride and how, at times, I myself have struggled with it. So you may have been in the same boat, but I'll talk about myself. Many times when we finish high school and uh, we're heading to college, we are given this idea that if we go to college, if we study, if we work hard, if we get a nice degree, then when we come out of college, we're going to have employers just knocking our doors down, trying to hire us. We're going to get the best job. We're going to have the best salary. And everything's going to go our way. So, you know, I'm, I'm starting school. I started off uh, undergraduate at Campbell University uh, in Bowie's Creek, out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I started down there, and so I finished all of my years, and when it came time to graduate, I was like, yeah, I've got this degree. Somebody's going to hire me. I'm smart. I can do this. You guys just give me the job. I, I, I don't have to work for anything. I, I got this covered. Well, found out that it wasn't quite that easy. Um, some people might venture to say that having a degree is not as important as who you know to get your foot in the door. Uh, at any rate, so when things didn't happen for me the way I thought they should happen, man, oh man, did I get filled up with pride. I was like, how dare these people not hire me? I've submitted my resume to a ton of companies and nobody's calling me back. What in the world? This wasn't what they told me in college. This is not what they told me would happen. And I'm starting to think to myself, did I just waste all those years in college? Is this ever going to pay off? But you know one thing I realized is that I never bowed my knees in this area. I never humbled myself and submitted to God. I never asked God, God, what is your plan for my life? I went to school, I went to college thinking that I was going to study something that was going to make me the most money, and making the most money is not always the purpose that God has for our lives. And you'll end up frustrated, you'll end up uh, full of pride and anger and resentment if you don't bow your knees before God. Another instance that I think about is how I started in ministry when I was about 15 years old. Now, I didn't start off as a pastor like this, but I 
was a youth minister or youth pastor. So I had the opportunity to speak before youth quite often. I mean, people, would, they would come and talk about how they were encouraged, and I would get all these invitations to go speak at different places. And so I began to think, I was this grand superstar of a preacher. And I was told time and time again when I went to different places to speak, man, people are going to love you. You're going to have this mega church overnight. You know, everybody's going to be calling on you and uh, asking you to speak to their youth and to speak to their church. And so I got caught up in, again, there's that P word, pride, thinking that I just had something so special that people were just going to knock my doors down and come on over here. We need you here. We need you there. And when it didn't happen, guess what I did again? I got filled with pride. I got filled with resentment. Isn't that ironic? I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm trying to get, lead people to uh, God and get them to surrender their lives to him. While I myself was struggling with pride. So today we're going to talk about bowing our knees and we're going to talk about it from an aspect of um, humility. Surrendering to God and not relying on ourselves. Now you might say, well, I don't have pride in those areas. Hmm. But maybe you have pride in some other areas. Maybe there are other areas where you have not completely submitted to God. What about the fact that you don't like receiving correction from superiors? Or maybe you find it hard, I mean extremely hard, to apologize to your spouse when you're wrong. I mean, you can know you're dead wrong, but you're trying to hold out as long as you can to see who's going to apologize First, hmm. Or maybe, just maybe, you get upset when things don't go your way, when things don't happen on your timetable. Like I talked about in the beginning, when I didn't come right out of college and get that job that I thought I wanted. And actually, here's the thing that surprises me about that. People had told me for quite some time, Mike, you should go into teaching. I see you as a wonderful teacher. You could become a wonderful principal, and you could really impact kids. You know what I said? Oh, no. Teachers don't make enough money. That's not lucrative enough. Let me go and find something else that's going to give me what I want. What about when you don't get the job that you wanted, or you don't get the loan, or you don't close on the home that you wanted? We all struggle with humility. Think about how many times in our society we kneel. Men, we might kneel when it's, you know, time to propose to our lady. We're about to get married. My wife got the short end on that. I'm sorry. I took her to a fancy restaurant, and I was really, um, you know, dressed up and all. I just didn't think it was proper to get on, on the floor in my nice suit, so she, she missed out on it. But I gave her a nice ring. She loved it. She loved it. Um, so, but men, we might get on our knees too. Pose. Women, girls, maybe when you're on the cheerleading team, you might get down there for some reason. But on average, kneeling and bowing is not a part of our DNA. Showing ourselves as humble 
is not something that we find ourselves doing an awful lot. So as we start today's sermon, I want to give you uh, a few points about kneeling and how it should happen. First point is that we should kneel in submission. Now, the prefix sub within this word means under. And so God has a mission for all of us. He has a mission for us individually that we live on our live on purpose, live in the purpose he's ordained for us. Then he has a mission for us as Christians. We are to live, there's a mission, we are to live under the mission. And anytime we decide that we're going to live over the mission is when we find ourselves in trouble. Now, <clears throat> other cultures, within other cultures, uh, kneeling and bowing might be seen as more of a norm here than in America. So we're going to show you a few images of how people kneel and bow when they are greeting each other in other countries. So that's one image there, okay, with guys, and there's another image. And so you might not imagine, or you might not be able to fathom the fact that when you meet people, you're supposed to do this. You might think it's too much. It's too extreme. And within our culture, we struggle with you. Humility. Can I tell you what we're taught? We are taught independence. We are taught to make things happen on our own. We are taught that it's all about us. It's all about doing things our way. We're taught that, so it, it's ingrained within us. And that's why when we come to Christ, we've got to work to bow down and kneel in submission. So, we're going to go in just a moment to Luke 22. But I want you to see that even our Lord and Savior struggled just a little bit with submission. You see, Christ is born, and we... we hear the wonderful story about him being born in a manger and the wise men coming to see him from afar and they bring gifts, frankincense, gold, and myrrh. We marvel at that part, all right? But then Christ's purpose of coming to the earth was to die. He was born to die. Isn't that awkward? I'm born to die. I'm born to be a sacrifice for mankind so that I can restore the relationship between mankind and God the Father. I was born to die. And so Jesus gets to a point where he's almost having second thoughts. Have you ever been in a place where you had second thoughts about something? I mean, something was so big and so huge that you thought twice, like you're like, well, I do have this job offer and it is making a large lump sum of money, way more than what I'm used to making. But I'm having second thoughts because if I take that job, I'm leaving my family behind. Hmm. Or, or guys, you are about to propose to this woman that you love, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be with her for the rest of my life. Do I need to change my mind? I might be having second thoughts. Not because you don't love her, but because it's a big decision. 
And so Jesus is facing a big decision. People have seen him heal. They've seen him open up blinded eyes. They've seen him unstop deaf ears. How can this miraculous, powerful Jesus now come to a point where he's got to die? His purpose is to die so that we can be in right standing. So let's look at Luke chapter number 22. And we're going to see that Jesus is having some second thoughts. says, Jesus withdrew about a stone's throw beyond his disciples. Knelt down, there's that humility, that's the bowing of the knees. Knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Hold on, God. Now, I know this is my purpose. I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but can we confer about this a little bit more? Can we converse about this? Isn't there another way you could possibly do this besides me going to the cross? Do I really have to die this horrific death? Do I really have to become the Lamb of God? Do I have to become the sacrifice? Do I have to be humiliated before everybody? You've already sent me to your chosen people, Israel. Many of them rejected me. Wasn't that enough, God? Wasn't it enough that people laughed at me and they mocked me? Wasn't it enough that they told me I was blaspheming because I couldn't be God in the flesh? Wasn't that enough? But here's what I like about Jesus. Jesus does not stay there. He he does start to have second thoughts, but... Then we see that he's knelt in prayer, and he's going to come under submission. He's going to come under the mission that God has for his life. Then he says, yet not my will, but yours be done. Not not my will. Yeah, it hurts. I'm humiliated. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to mock me. They're going to pierce me in my side. They're going to discredit and discount me. But right now, in the midst of this God, as much as I'm hurting, I realize that it's not about me. I realize that you allowed me to be born of a virgin because you cared for mankind. So, Lord, help me to get to a place where I don't care about my agenda. I don't care about how I see things. I don't care about what people are going to say about me. The Bible says that he submitted to the point of death. He's on the cross. He could have come down. He he had the power to come down. He could have commanded the angels. But again, his purpose was to be born to die. Can I tell you that sometimes the things that God has you to do, are not going to be comfortable. They're going to challenge you and I. They're going to make it to where we feel as if we can't go on anymore. It might even seem unbearable, unrealistic, too hard. 
God, why, why would you allow me to be in this situation? Why would you allow me to struggle so much? And sometimes we, if we're not careful, we can begin to blame God. Now, hold on. I'm serving you, so things should be a little better than this. Things should be good. Hold on. I'm not out there partying. I'm not out there sleeping around. I'm not out there doing drugs. I'm not out there stealing. I'm doing good, God. So why is it that good is not happening to me? But we have Jesus as our example. Jesus, who did no wrong, died for us. Bible says there was no guile, there was no deceit, there was no evil found in him. When they brought Jesus to Pontius Pilate, Pontius Pilate literally washed his hands and said, I find no fault in this man named Jesus. You want to crucify him according to your standards and your law? But I find no fault in him. And Jesus struggled for a while. But he eventually said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You know, when we talk about um, humility, one thing that crosses my mind is a man in the Bible by the name of John the Baptist, or some people call him John the Baptizer. So before um, Jesus was revealed as the Messiah, John the Baptist literally took people out into the wilderness and baptized them. He baptized them unto what the Bible says, repentance. Repentance meaning turning around, changing your action, changing your path, changing your thoughts. And what he was doing is he was preparing them for Jesus Christ because he knew that when Jesus came, Jesus was going to challenge their thinking. He was going to challenge the way they did things. He was going to challenge how the Pharisees put all of these demands upon people that they didn't meet themselves. And so he baptized them unto repentance, saying, there's one coming after me whose shoelaces I am not worthy to untie or to unlace. And people loved John the Baptist so much, he became popular. He became so popular that people start to ask him, hold on, are you the Messiah? Are you the promised one? Are you, are you the one that we are looking to to save us from Roman oppression? Are, are you the one, John the Baptist? And then that's when John has to set them straight in John chapter, th- uh, chapter 3, verse 30. John says, I must decrease. He must increase. It has to become less about me And my role as the baptizer and preparing the way for the Lord has to become less about me and more about him. How many times do we stop during the day and check our God versus me meter? Like, okay, today, am I operating in my flesh? Today, is there more of God and less of me? 
Or is there more of me and less of God? We all have those days. We all have those days where we have to check ourselves. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not the way you should handle that. That's not the way you should think about that. You've got to think Christ's thoughts, and you've got to do it the way he will command you to do it. Now, when I thought about this whole kneeling and submission thing, I'm going to use myself even more and go deeper. Um, if you heard me minister last time, you heard me talk about the situation I'm going through with my son and um, how I haven't been allowed to see him since about this time last year. And so when we talk about kneeling and submission and doing God's will, and I told you earlier, sometimes it's uncomfortable. When I was in prayer one day, I could feel God saying to me that I needed to forgive my son's mother. I was like, hold on, hold on, God, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you want me to forgive the person who's responsible for keeping me from seeing my child that I love, that I've always been there for? You want me to forgive her? Are you sure you got the right person, God? That that so did not feel comfortable. It so did not feel good to me. And can I admit to you, I'm still a work in progress on that. I haven't gotten completely there, but I think I'm further than I was. And before I wanted to jump down God's throat, I'm like, God, that's not fair. You shouldn't do this. I shouldn't have to forgive her. She's wrong, and she is, but here's the thing. God says, you know what? I sent my son to the earth. He was my son. People mistreated him. People didn't do what I needed them or wanted them to do as it relates to my son. They didn't accept him. So don't talk to me about it being too hard for you to get, forgive someone who's damaged the relationship with your son when I've had to deal with so much more. See, sometimes we can get in this boat where we feel like it's all about me and I'm the only one that's experienced that pain and we forget. No, not so. I, I know this is hard. I know this is challenging preaching today. I'm sorry. But as Christians, we are to kneel in submission. Because many times, what we love is to think about Christ as our Savior. Save me from eternal damnation. Save me from the pain. Save me from everything I'm going through that I don't like. But sometimes we don't want him to be our Lord. We don't want him to tell us what to do. We don't want him to tell us, don't go there. Don't say this. Don't do that. What you're involved in right now is ungodly. You really need to get out of that relationship. You really need to submit that habit to me. We've got to trust him to be Lord and Savior. 
Last point. We should kneel in submission, but then we should also kneel in pursuit. Kneel in pursuit. There should be a longing within us to go after God, to become more like him, to follow his commands and do what he's expected of us. Now, kneeling is a condition of the heart. And, and here's why I say kneeling is a condition of the heart. Because if you're like me, you've been in church a long time. You might have grown up in church. And can I tell you all one thing I mastered? I mastered all the motions. I mastered when to raise my hands. I'd been around church people so long, I knew how to speak the church lingo. If everybody else was bound, I bowed too. But in my heart, all I was doing was going through the motions. And so today, I'd like to encourage you to go beyond just going through the motions and actually submit in humility to God's will for our lives. Now, we're going to look at two stories, and I'm going to point out how the two people involved in these stories humbled themselves and how that humility brought about deliverance and change. All right? Let's look at Mark chapter 5. And I'm almost done here. Mark chapter 5, looking at verses 25 through 29. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Doesn't that sound like us trying to handle our own situations going from point A to point B and things are not getting better? As a matter of fact, they're getting worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Now, what you, what you might not know is that according to the Old Testament law, this lady was considered unclean. Anything she touched, the bed she um, was on, the sheets, whatever, if you touched her, she was considered unclean. She could not stop bleeding. And so the fact that she's willing to humble herself, press through the crowd, touching people that she didn't know, possibly having people to discover what her illness was, and then they get upset with her because they know that if she touched them, they're unclean too. She humbles herself, and she She's going, she says, I'm going to see Jesus. Because I know that if I get to Jesus, I'll be healed. I'll have the freedom that I want. Last story. A man in Matthew chapter 8 who is a leper. He has leprosy. Now, you may not be familiar with leprosy, so we're going to put an image on the screen for you. This is what a person with leprosy might look like. Today, we might call it Hansen's disease. But a person with leprosy was also considered unclean. 
They had to wear clothes that were torn. And when they went through the streets, they had to literally yell out, unclean, unclean. They could not live within the walls of a city. But this man, in Matthew 8, verses 1 through 4, when Jesus came down from the multitudes, from, sorry, from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commandment, commanded as a testimony to them. So in order for you to be pronounced clean during this time, a priest had to say that you are clean. You are now admitted back into society. Now you're saying, what does this have to do with me? Because I'm not physically sick. I don't have leprosy. I'm not hemorrhaging like the woman with an issue of blood. Oh, but we are sick in other ways. We have the sickness of pride. We have the sickness of stubbornness. We have the sickness of not relying on God like we should. But can I encourage you today that if you would do like the woman with an issue of blood, if you would do like the man who was a leper, and if you would kneel before God, you would find healing for your situation. You would find that there's peace that you cannot imagine if you were to kneel before him. You will find that there's so much joy that you can have amidst the fact that you're going through so much trouble if you were to bow your knees before God. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. The band is going to come, and they're going to continue to worship. And as they're worshiping, as you're led, as you're prompted, you're free to come here and kneel in submission and to also kneel in pursuit of God for your life. Will you pray with me? Father, Thank you that your word has challenged us and that even though it may have been uncomfortable somewhat, you tell us that a father chastens his son whom he loves, and so you chasten us when you love us. Help us, Lord, to pursue you. Help us to rid ourselves of our own desires. Help us to truly bow our knees, not just in a physical posture, but help us to bow the knees of our heart, to truly humble ourselves before you, knowing that if we draw nigh unto you, you will draw nigh unto us. And Father, I pray, I pray for everyone who's here. Whatever it is that we find ourselves struggling with, whatever it is we find ourselves not being able to do our best in, just like the woman with the issue of blood, just like the leper man who humbled himself and saying, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. Help us to humble ourselves just like these people did, knowing that you will receive us and that you will heal us 
for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.